0: Welcome to the Nittany Blues Podcast
1: by Penn State fans for Penn State fans. Here are your hosts, Andrew and Vince.
0: What's up, Nittany Lion fans? Welcome back to the Nittany Blues podcast. Today, we are discussing the hottest topic outside of the college football playoff, and that is the transfer portal. So far this offseason, hundreds of college football players around the country have entered their names into the transfer portal, creating a bit of an arms race as teams try to fill up their talent pool for the 2023 season. So we've got a pretty fun conversation coming up about that. But first, we're going to start, as we always do, with the Penn State Roundtable. So Vince, what do you got for us this week?
1: You know, I have to start with basketball, and I was so hyped about this win. Um, Penn State did lose earlier in the week to Michigan State, 67-58. to But Saturday, they upset number 17, Illinois, on the road to win 74-59. Oh, Yeah. We have an individual podcast on that. uh, So if you want to check it out, check uh, check that out. It was a great episode. Lots of enthusiasm. And it just makes you excited because this was a game that we've been waiting for Penn State to win. They've had opportunities against Virginia Tech and Clemson and Michigan State. And it just didn't work out today. They got the job done. Uh, They'll be wrapping up their uh, 2022 season season against Canisius at noon on Sunday. Uh, then next Thursday, they'll be playing Quinnipiac at 8.30 p.m. Uh, they're a pretty good team. And then Delaware State on December 29th at 2 p.m. And we also got some other big news for Penn State basketball. And next year, for their big non-conference tournament game, they'll be playing in the ESPN Invitational in 2023. Andrew, what are your thoughts on that for Penn State and what what significance does this have for the basketball program?
0: Well, I think it's huge. You know, um, these types of invitationals, this is what big-time college basketball teams do. So I think the fact that Penn State is going to be getting that exposure, going to be going up against opponents of this caliber, is uh, nothing but good news.
1: Absolutely. Um, that first year Coach Ruseberry was here, we didn't really get a big invite. And then we went to the uh, Charleston Classic. That's kind of like a step up. So I kind of view it as... We keep on going up these stepping stones and hopefully Penn State is able to continue this trend because, you know, those big games and big competition can really be used to build your tournament resume, especially when you're playing teams in other conferences. Uh, That really helps a lot because the Big Ten is such a competitive conference and you can only take so many teams. So being able to get big non-conference wins against Power Fives um, is great. So this will be Be good for Penn State basketball. Should they win those basketball games?
0: Yep, absolutely.
1: Moving on to the Lady Lions basketball, moved to eight and three. They had a tough loss against number four Indiana at home, sixty-seven to fifty-eight. Then they got back to their winning ways, beating West Virginia after three consecutive losses, sixty-nine to fifty-seven. They'll be at Drexel on Sunday at two p.m. in Philadelphia. Uh, And they'll also be playing Cornell on the 21st of December at noon at home. And they'll finish off the new year December 30th versus Rutgers at 5 p.m. in the BJC. So a lot of uh, Lady Lion basketball games, uh, you know, to wrap up the new year. Um, Women's volleyball had another close loss to Wisconsin. They lost in five sets in the Sweet 16. Uh, Watching this Lady Lion Volleyball team, I just wasn't going to be concerned about any opponent until they played a Big Ten opponent, and I saw it was Wisconsin. They beat us twice. Um, at home, it was five sets, and this also happened to be five sets. So tough loss for for the Lady Lions, but still a great season for the volleyball program. Another Sweet 16 team, the women's soccer team, they finished their year ranked number 13 overall in all of college soccer, so that was another Sweet 16 team. Team that did well, men's hockey had a nice weekend. They went on the road to number nineteen Notre Dame. They won five to two in the first game and lost five to three, so that was another split. They're fifteen and five on the season, ranked at number five in the polls. Uh, Notre Dame is a has been a really tough place for Penn State to play. They have not picked up many victories there over the past few years. So this is a big win for the Lions and their program. They'll be playing a home away or an away home series versus RIT, who's also ranked. They'll be on the road December 30th at 5 p.m. and home on New Year's Eve, December 31st at 5:30 p.m. Uh, the women's hockey hockey was off this weekend, but they have a home series December 30th and the 31st versus Long Island University at 2 p.m. and 1 p.m. respectively. And then we had the men's wrestling program, doing men's wrestling things. They moved to 4-0 as they beat Oregon State 31-3. to At this point, it, it would be a surprise if any wrestling team is able to put up double-digit points on Penn State. They're just that good. Uh, they'll finish off the new year in New Orleans, actually. They'll play Central Michigan on the 19th and UNC. And then the next day, they'll take on a third opponent. So they'll have a big weekend before the Christmas break. Andrew, uh, what are some thoughts on some of these other athletic
0: programs that you have? Well, I think my biggest takeaway is just what a terrific job by first year head coach of the women's volleyball team, Katie schumacher Collie. I mean, talk about picking up right where Russ Rose left off. Um, You know, seems like they're in great hands. I think that she's going to do an excellent job with that program, Um, having gone through it through it herself and achieved the highest level of success with that team. So I'm excited to see, um, you know, how they continue to build on this season in the coming years and everything in between. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I love the fact that hockey is, um, kind of rubbing elbows with the, the top five teams in the country. Um, it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting, um, kind of final stretch of the season as, uh, you know, some of these, um, the split series might become a little more important, uh, might be uh, in Penn state's favor to kind of close out some of these with some sweeps and things like that going into big 10 and NCAA tournament play. So it'll be interesting to see how they kind of make those adjustments, but all at all, you know, hard to uh, complain if you're an Nittany lion fan.
1: Yeah. You can't complain too much when you're top five in the country. And right. <laughs> some of the teams ranked above them have worse records. So uh, hockey is kind of one of those weird sports where you, like don't have undefeated teams like football and and basketball for a long period of time. So the fact that Penn state has won three quarters of their game is really impressive. There's only maybe two teams that have better records overall. So this uh, hockey program is really doing great. It is going to be tough to finish out the season because they do have a lot of away series. They only have three home series the rest of the year. They have uh Uh, Notre Dame at home, the 20th and 21st of January. And then in February, they have a home series with Minnesota and Wisconsin. So they have a lot of away series. uh, So they'll have to have that road warrior mentality to succeed. And, you know, I think they'll take care of business. And uh, this should be a really fun year. Hopefully we get some playoff hockey back in Hockey Valley and we can enjoy that over our spring breaks.
0: Yep. Agreed.
1: All right. So, I do think we need to break some news that uh, we knew that Joey Porter had declared for the NFL draft, and so did Parker Washington. So those guys will not be available for the Rose Bowl. However, things seem to have evened out. We had uh, Utah's top corner, Clark Phillips III. uh, He's out. He's declared for the NFL draft. And their lead wide receiver, Kincaid, is also out. Uh, he, He has an injury, correct?
0: Uh, I'm not sure. I didn't see that part of the news. I just saw that he had opted out and was, uh, I think he, he also is declaring for the draft, correct?
1: Yeah. I think they're both going to the draft. So it's, it's kind of funny how it worked out, uh, that both teams, their top corner and top wide receivers out. So no, no, no team can use an excuse saying, Oh, this guy opted out. Like we were using Jahan Dotson as an excuse last year and all those linebackers (laughs) as an excuse for why they didn't play well. And it's kind of, kind of nice that it evened out this
0: way because now, now there's no excuses and the best team is going to win. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it is strange how that, um, did work out. I mean, I, I don't know what, uh, Kyle Whittingham was, um, you know, what his reaction was when he saw this news. Cause when Franklin and Whittingham both went on to some, uh, joint press conferences after the Rose bowl selection, um, Coach Whittingham uh, basically said that he expects everybody to play. So I don't know if this might have taken him aback as well, but, you know, such is the nature of college football. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I still I still think that the Utes are a very talented team overall. And as long as Cam Rising is uh, quarterbacking that offense, I think they're always going to be dangerous.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just that defense in general, it scares me. So I, mm-hmm. I think it would be really impressive if Sean and company are able to move the ball down the field. And I'm really excited to see how our offensive line stacks up against a Michigan ish style defense. So it'll be cool to see if they can get the run game going and have some uh January Penn state football. Yep. That's right. Yeah. And speaking of players who we are not going to be seeing, uh, we won't be seeing some other guys in 2023. We have five guys in the transfer portal. We got quarterback Christian value Defensive end, Rodney McGraw, corner, Jeffrey Davis Jr., offensive lineman, Malik McNeil, and then we got defensive lineman, Devon Townley. So we got five guys in the portal. Andrew, what? Do, how do you think this is going to impact Penn State's team going forward?
0: Well, you know, I, I think it, it's hard to say because um, the transfer portal, without being too hyperbolic is you know it's changed college football Um, you know now every year we're likely going to see this massive shift of players going to different teams to try and find those playing opportunities to kind of set themselves up for success and uh, you know for um, a successful career in college and pro football and things like that so in the immediate uh, impact I don't think it's gonna be that damaging for penn state not to say that all these guys aren't talented because they definitely are but i think that you know as much as penn state is going to be losing these guys they're also going to be bringing them in as well i mean we've seen penn state be active in the transfer portal in the last couple of years that's why they've gotten guys like chop robinson on this team um And so, you know, I think they're going to be able to kind of replenish that talent, um, as it's going out and those guys are trying to find their, uh, the chances they think best fits them. And, you know, what's funny is, you know, thinking that Penn state has five guys in the portal right now. Um, you know, somebody might say, wow, like that's a lot of guys, like relatively speaking, that's a low number of players. Cause if you look at
1: 90 some players, that's a pretty
0: low percentage, (laughs) right? Yeah. And I mean, you could, you can compare this to other, uh, power five teams like if you look at the list of players from texas a m that are in the transfer portal right now it pales in comparison like there's almost two dozen players from a m that are in there right now so i think the fact that penn state has a relatively low number of players is good you know from the standpoint of like they're bringing in guys that you know want to be at penn state obviously um and you know and i think that there's there's some circumstances with uh, the guys leaving Penn State that, uh, you know, weren't totally um, weren't totally a surprise like Christian value. I mean, the guy is the guy knows that he's good enough to be a starting quarterback somewhere. And he kind of sees the writing on the wall with Drew Aller um, being the heir apparent at the quarterback spot at Penn State for at least the next two seasons. So, you know, it's only natural for him to want to go and try and find that opportunity. Um, and I think that he will. And, uh, you know, with with all those other guys, I mean, they're young. The, you know, we're looking at freshmen or redshirt freshmen across the other four. So, you know, they might be, um, you know, kind of thinking about where their future in college football looks like. And, you know, maybe they're just, uh, you know, trying to find their best place in the world and, you know, who can fault them for that.
1: Yeah, exactly. You only get uh, four or five years of college football. So, you know, these guys who aren't going to play, they deserve to play Being an NCAA athlete is a, you know, very uh unique opportunity and you know athletes asian dog ears. so you know it it flies by and you only get so many chances to play so you can't fault guys like this that are going to be on the bench uh for penn state so it it just makes sense for them to go somewhere where they can play and get some playing time uh however christian vayu uh his absence does leave a bit of a question mark at the backup quarterback position for penn state
0: Mm mm-hmm yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that it's pretty fair to say that Bo Perbula will kind of take up that backup spot. I mean, um, I think just the way that the depth chart kind of uh, shook out this year. I mean, it was only natural for him to kind of fall to that number four spot. But um, the coaches obviously have been very high on him ever since he came on campus. Uh, Mike Yurcich especially has been uh, really singing his praises as somebody who's picked up the playbook very quickly. Um, you know, just kind of seems to be like a guy who doesn't maybe have, the the sheer um, natural gifts that a guy like uh, Drew Aller has, but uh, still seems to be a guy that if his number is called, the Penn State fans should be confident um, can come in and uh, lead the offense.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, it'll be it'll be cool to see how he does, and uh, you know it'll be really nerve wracking if uh, Drew Aller goes down next year, and uh, <laughs> you know we're watching that, especially in a big game. So.
0: Oh gosh, yeah, don't speak uh, that into existence. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So, you know, it's injury. It's it's one play away. So, you know, Penn State does need to get depth out of that position. I think we need a veteran guy would be good if
0: they're able to Mm -hmm. get one. Um,
1: Yeah, that's the big question, Mark, because it's like,
0: yeah, I mean, it's tough to say because, you know, so many of the quarterbacks that are going to be in the portal like they're the reason they're in the portal is because they want their shot, you know, like they're gonna, they're gonna go to a program that maybe needs a quarterback right away so that, you know, they know that they have a kind of a, a decent chance of like winning that job or at least, um, kind of being a week to week starting decision for that spot. So, I mean, not to say that Penn state isn't uh like a desirable place for a quarterback to go, but just given kind of the way that the talent is laid out in front of them, I'm not sure that, uh, Penn state is going to have too many suitors lining up, but you know, who knows?
1: Yeah. Uh, we'll see how it turns out. Uh, so I I do think this period is really important to pay attention to for Penn state fans, because Penn state with the way their season has played out, uh, having a 10 and two record and, and being in the top 10 at one point, this really puts them in position, uh, kind of like for the NFL, like in win now mode. So it definitely makes more sense for them to attack the portal now more than they would if they were if this was Coach Franklin's first year, and yep. he's trying to build up the program. You would probably prefer to have more scholarships going out to freshman guys. However, there's tons of guys out there. We've seen th- things with like Mitchell Tinsley and Top Robinson, and they come over to our program and Hunter Norzad. They're instant contributors just like that. And they adjust really quickly. It might might take a while to get the playbook down and everything, but um, physically they know, know the speed of the game. And you know, they, they know they have that advanced technique because of the coaching they receive at the next level. So these guys are immediate impact guys. And I think that if we do really well in this period, that could, you know, really lift Penn state up to be able to compete with the Ohio States and the Michigans and buy for a big 10 championship as well as a college football playoff spot.
0: Yeah, 100%. I mean, this, uh, the, the transfer portal has instantly become a staple in, uh, college football. And, you know, if you look around the teams that have had recent success on the national scale and even in the college football playoff, um, some of the most noteworthy, uh, players who have seen success either like winning the Heisman or winning the championship or both I mean you look at guys like Caleb Williams just transferred to USC Joe Burrow transferred to LSU like it's guys like that all over the place I mean uh, Justin Fields transferred to Ohio State I mean even though that was kind of right before the transfer portal um, really blew itself wide open but still you know it it transfer players uh, really matter and it uh, you know you gotta make sure that you have your, your finger on that dial. Um, if you find a need for your team, because, uh, you know, you never know when you're going to find that impact player who might take you from, um, like an eight and four team to then 11 and one, or maybe you're going undefeated and winning your conference.
1: Yeah. I mean, just look at Michigan state, they hit the jackpot with Kenneth Walker and you know, they're, they almost, had a big 10 championship last year and then this year they're not even in a bowl game. So it's just really crazy how, you know, the transfer portal can really lift you up. But then if you lose those guys and don't have the guys behind them that are able to step up that next level, it can really hurt the program. So I do think there is a good balance between getting your own guys, getting them in the culture, developing their talent, as well as bringing some veteran guys that maybe you missed out on the first time, or maybe guys who are, you know, Just skilled, not getting the playing time they want, that can come in and help out the program. So, yeah, a lot of different different reasons, but you know, they can really help
0: uh, lift it up, right? And I think you know, there's even like an equally uh, an equally sized pool of players that have that went to maybe smaller programs that just really excelled uh, where they were at and kind of proved that they were ready for the rigors of uh, like a full season of big 10 football and things like that. I mean, look at Arnold Ebichetti. I mean, the guy, the guy was a superstar at temple. He came to Penn state and he was a superstar there too. So, you know, you never know where these guys are, are going to kind of pop out from. And I think that's going to be, um, you know, for better or worse, like how most of the transfers are going to go from like those, maybe max schools or like maybe your, um, uh, like group of six schools, like that's, kind of what you're going to see is like players just blow it out of the water there. And then all of a sudden they're going to ma- try to make the move to like the big 10, the ACC or the sec.
1: Yeah. And Penn state really has almost hit the jackpot. I, I can't think of many transfer portal players. Where I'm like, well, this guy didn't really do much, you know, just with the Ebikettis and uh chop Robinson and Mitchell Tinsley, just doing awesome within the past couple of years. Um, you know, we've, we've re- done really well. And my question for you is, uh, Since it is close to Christmas time and the holidays, uh, what are some positions that you have on your Christmas wish list for Penn State (laughs) to get this offseason? What is Santa Claus going to bring the Nittany Lions?
0: Oh, gosh. Well, um, the two positions that I have on my list that I think are the most important for Penn State to look at are safety and cornerback. And the reason why I say that is because a majority of the defense that we saw on the field this year, aside from a couple of uh, pretty significant contributors, are going to be back next season. However, there are two Mm -hmm. major spots where we're going to see new faces, and that's at the cornerback spot with Joey Porter Jr.'s departure and at the safety spot. With Jair Brown's departure. Now we're talking about two guys who were, you know, just super reliable in the defensive backfield. Jair Brown had just an excellent nose for the ball, made plays all over the field, a hard nose, tackling safety, who even came up and blitzed the quarterback every now and then, just a you know, a guy who did a little bit of everything. and uh, Joey Porter, Jr. I mean, we're talking about an all-American corner who, Uh, barely had the ball thrown his way, but that's just because he was so dang good in coverage. Like you don't get that kind of talent and that type of, um, playmaking every day. And, uh, you know, I know that we're like, we're going to be rolling with, uh, with, uh, Kalen King again next season, which is great because he's also, um, and all American as well. Um, not sure what the status is on Johnny Dixon. However, you know, I think that it's worth Penn State's while to look into the portal, see where those corners are. Going, or you know, where their interests may lie to maybe bring in another guy who is more of an experienced, um, kind of like a been there, done that kind of corner, um, to come and provide a little bit more depth, maybe uh, split some reps, maybe with uh, Johnny Dixon and Kalen and uh, the slew of other corners that they do have on their team, um, and uh, just you know, kind of provide that depth that Penn State had enjoyed this season. And the same is true then for the safety spot, like you know. It, Having a competent safety is such an underrated thing in college football, especially when the rest of your defense is so good. Because when you have the safety who is... Smart enough and athletic enough to keep everything in front of them, limit the big plays, and uh, make those turnovers when they're available. Like that's that's game-changing ability, and that's really what Jair Brown brought to the table for Penn State. So, you know, as we're gonna talk about, I mean, there's a lot of safeties in the portal right now that Penn State could, you know, very easily call up and kind of say, hey, like you're gonna be a contributor right away. Look at this defense that we've created. We're gonna allow you to be super aggressive. So if you want to blitz the quarterback done. You want to go into coverage? Done. You want to try to like snag a couple of interceptions? Done. Like we check all the boxes at that spot. And so I think that, you know, Penn State not only needs a player there, but they have a great selling point for a safety. So those are my top two spots. But outside of that, um, I got the, the wide receiver at, you know, a solid, like two, if I'm putting like safety and corner at like one a and one B wide receiver, definitely number two. Um, I think we have a great core of young receivers, uh, with the likes of Omari Evans and Harrison Wallace, um, and some others in there. But you know, what Penn state could really do well with is another number one receiver type guy with the departure of Parker Washington. Uh, maybe a guy who is, um, you know, got a little bit of speed maybe a little bit of size maybe a little bit of both if they offer um, a number of guys out of the portal but you know some guys kind of like Mitchell Tinsley has kind of seen a lot of college football uh, knows the speed of the game is comfortable with it and also just has that playmaking ability because again we have a selling point we have this young quarterback who has an arm like a cannon like it's like you want to go long like we got you covered you want to catch stuff underneath and try to get everybody to miss like got you covered there too so i think there's a there's a lot of um there's a lot of uh appeal to penn state for wide receivers coming in um and then at the other positions that i kind of have on my wish list kind of as like a you know would be nice to have but i don't think that they're like super critical right now is the linebacker spot um because, uh, you know, I think that the linebacker core took a huge step forward from the beginning of the season, uh, towards the end of the season, especially with the um, the coming of uh, Abdul Carter, you know, just kind of exploding onto the scene uh, from a national perspective. And obviously, Curtis Jacobs is a super solid presence there in the middle as well. Um, but, you know, having maybe another playmaker in there who is of, similar caliber to those guys you know i think that could really change the face of how penn state is able to just lock down any kind of offense that's thrown at them whether it be from ohio state michigan georgia alabama etc um other positions that i have here is the offensive line um, because truthfully you can never have too much depth at the offensive line i mean we've seen just how much um attrition penn state has had to go through in the past couple of seasons at the offensive line. Uh, just because guys, you know, guys get injured. That's just the nature of college football. Mm -hmm. And Penn state has finally gotten themselves to a point where their offensive line is reliable. It's good. It's able to move the offense forward and, you know, just keep the quarterback upright. So adding depth is never a bad thing. And then on the defensive line, um, kind of the same thing, just bring in the depth. Penn State loves to rotate guys. So bring in another guy who is going to be an instant contributor, um, kind of like your Chop Robinsons, your Arnold Evachettis. And especially with uh, PJ Mustafer graduating, you know, this is a great time now to bring in maybe an interior rusher. So that is my spiel on, uh, you know, my, my wish list, uh, just how I'm thinking about these sorts of things. Vince, uh, do you have similar thoughts to me? Are there other positions that I didn't mention that you think they should uh, also take a look at, or are we in agreement here?
1: Uh, I, I do disagree a little bit. So at the very top of my wish list, I, I have the wide receiver actually, um, because we're losing our top two guys. We'll be losing Mitchell Tinsley and then to graduation and then Parker Washington, Parker Washington to the draft and got a young quarterback coming in. Uh, what could better help a young quarterback than a veteran wide receiver? You've uh, seen it at the NFL level with uh, us watching Eagles games and Jalen hurts and, you know, he had a young receiver last year, Devonta Smith, and all of a sudden they go from Jalen Rager uh, opposite of him to A.J. Brown, who's veteran, very experienced, uh, you know, high-level receiver, has shown he can play and ball out before going there. And you've just seen Hurts have almost an MVP season. So when we have a young quarterback, I want him to be surrounded with as many weapons as possible. And if we have better weapons on the outside that really put fear into the other teams that is going to make the run game more efficient. So that is number one on my priority list. Uh, number two, I have safety. Jair Brown is just an absolute stud. Uh, replacing him is not going to be easy. So if we can find a guy that is remotely close as good as Jair Brown, then I'm going to be thrilled. Uh, number three, I think I am going to go with um, the corner just because because Joey Porter is so good. However, that position isn't as high of a concern with me because you got Kalen King and Johnny Dixon and Daquan Hardy. So, like, for me, uh, I just think we've had guys who have played and show that they can play at a good level. You know, this past, past month has been really great for Penn State football, and there's been some games where they haven't had Joey Porter Jr., and they looked okay, and they were fine, and the pass rush got better. Um, and then we have a lot of guys coming in for the pass rush. If you look at the recruiting, and it seems like a place that we're able to recruit a lot of defensive linemen. So we got a young, a lot of young guys coming in who you know might be able to play well too. So a couple of positions that I think you uh, might have missed out on are maybe the backup quarterback, because I do think we need to have a contingency plan in case um, Drew Aller does go down. Uh, we saw how things. Uh, did not go well when we had a, a take on Roberson come in against Iowa last year. Uh, we were not prepared. We were not ready. And then also uh punter Barney Amora is graduating. He was awesome. We had Jordan Stout the year before that. Um, if we can find a stud punter who maybe wants to go from a lower, you know, like a max goal up to the big 10, I would
0: welcome that as well. How would you then balance the conversation with a potential quarterback transfer, like knowing that a majority of these guys are transferring because they're already sitting behind somebody and they want to find playing time? Like, what do you think that pitch would look like? I think it would be a a difficult pitch.
1: Maybe it's another young guy or maybe a guy who's at a program like in Ohio State or Michigan where they're number three and want to come over. Through that. Now, I, it's definitely more of a wish list as to what I actually think would happen, uh, but it's a wish list exercise. So that's why I went to back up quarterback.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. So cool. I think that, you know, for the most part, we're kind of in alignment on like our, our top three position needs. It's just kind of the order that they're in. Um because I, I think it's just we both just want to make sure that like Drew hour has some real stars to throw to throw to. And also we just want this defense that proved to be so dominant towards the tail end of the season to kind of continue that momentum.
1: Yeah. So uh looking into this portal, uh we'll start with the top of your wish list. Who are some corners that uh Penn State has both op- both offered and who are some corners that you think Penn State should target in this uh, transfer portal cycle?
0: Yeah, so I uh, just want to preface this by like saying that this was an absolute joy of an exercise to go into. Uh, personally, I love recruiting in college football. Um, I just think that it's such an interesting and exciting aspect of the industry i guess you'll call it but you know it's just such a unique thing because there's no feeling like seeing a guy commit to your school over like rival schools like when uh drew Aller and nick singleton and katron allen picked penn state over the slew of other schools that were offering them like there's just not a feeling anything like it so i just want to say that this was uh a labor of love uh for the um for the you know the Laundry list of names that I'm about to throw at you, Vince. But uh, um, as far as like defensive backs who are um, currently on Penn State's radar, that they've either Um, offered or they're being closely linked to the program or that you know I think that maybe they should go after the list really starts with Gavin Holmes the sophomore cornerback out of Wake Forest Um, he's a uh, highly sought after defensive back in the portal right now so um, it's likely that he's going to see a number of offers coming in um, you know possibly also from um, some SEC programs since he is kind of down south Um, also down South, we have Kyrie Jackson, the senior quarterback out of Alabama. Um, you know, now with him being a senior, uh, you know, not really sure how that kind of impacts his options because, um, you know, what, we, what we're seeing nowadays is more and more players uh, entering the transfer portal as, like, freshmen, retro freshmen, or sophomores uh, because they're trying to find, um, you know, immediate playing time. So for a guy that's uh, that's a senior, maybe it's just a situation where it's like he's played all of his college football at Alabama and now he wants to uh, change the scenery or something like that. So I could see Penn State going after him a bit more aggressively. And then another interesting name that's um, – out there is Terry Roberts, the senior cornerback from Iowa. Um, You know, now this uh, might also be a situation where it's like he just wants to kind of see a different program, kind of get his name out there a little bit more. I mean, Iowa was a nasty defense this year. So, you know, I don't think that adding a piece of that defense from pretty much anywhere on the field is a bad thing. And what makes his uh, prospects really interesting is that he is from Erie, Pennsylvania. Um, And what we see so often now with the transfer portal as well is guys transferring back to um, one of the premier programs from their home state. And, couple of reasons for that um, obviously being closer to home so they'll be closer to family and their friends and their loved ones and things like that um, and then on top of that you know a lot of times these guys were recruited by that coaching staff back when they were when they were in high school so they have a high level of familiarity uh, with the coaching staff with the assistants maybe with some other players that are currently on the team um, I'm not sure what Terry's relationship has been with Penn State previously but uh, I'm sure that you know James Franklin and Terry Smith have given Giving him a call just to kind of test the waters and see uh, what's going on there. So he's an interesting one to keep an eye on, but. Outside of those names, you know, there's a couple of other ones that I think it might make sense for Penn State to go after uh, in the portal right now. Um, Two names in particular, we have a senior cornerback from Bowling Green named David Ferguson. Uh, You know, he's a guy who's seen a lot of playing time. um, Originally committed to Kansas, so he was uh, kind of in the the SEC's radar a little bit um, as well. So, you know, kind of a a guy who maybe just, uh, you know, went to an SEC program, then ended up playing at Bowling Green for, um, whatever, uh, circumstances. I don't want to speculate too much, but, uh, what's really kind of interesting about his prospects though, is that he is from the Laurel slash Baltimore, Maryland area. Um, and Penn State, relatively speaking, has a pretty nice pipeline, uh, from Maryland. So I think that, you know, it's a, it's, um, you know, an easier sell for Penn State if they're able to point to guys like, uh, Oh gosh. I mean, like I want to talk about like deny Dennis Sutton, um, Devon Ellie's, uh, I think PJ, like there's so many players from Maryland, uh, that are just absolutely lighting it up for Penn state. So Penn state can point to any one of those guys.
1: Yeah. And, and another guy that I think you might have missed is uh, cornerback, Tony Grimes, uh, out of UNC. Mm. And, uh, he was a five-star recruit that uh, went to high school in Virginia and, you know, Penn state uh, has had a lot of success there, but didn't win out. So I think that could be a, a potential second chance target. Is for Penn he? State.
0: Yeah. Is he in the portal? I didn't see his name there.
1: Yeah, I did see uh, an article. Uh, it, it, it was titled uh three second chance targets. It was five days ago. Um, and he was on the list. So wow. it was him corner Tony Grimes we had wide receiver Deontay Thor- Thornton which I'm sure we're going to mention him when we move on to wide receivers uh-huh. and then uh, defensive lineman Elijah Judy out of Maryland so cool uh he goes he's transferring from Texas A&M so right we'll, we'll, we'll get through uh some of those later ones but yeah those are a lot of corners that Penn State could go after and you know it'd be good to see see any of those guys in blue
0: and white Yeah, for sure. And one last name that I did want to mention is, uh, Patrick Boddy, uh, freshman corner from Cincinnati, uh, might be transferring out because of Luke Fickle, um, taking the, uh, the Wisconsin job, but, uh, you know, obviously, he's coming off of his freshman campaign, so he's not like as experienced as some of these other guys we've mentioned. Uh, but he is from Monroeville, Pennsylvania, so you know he's kind of a um, local-ish guy for Penn State. So you know, I think you know one thing that Penn State loves to tout is uh, the best in PA stay in PA. So I wonder if they're going to be taking that approach uh, with him here. But you know, we'll see. We'll see how things go because Penn State wasn't previously involved in his high school recruiting. Uh, so we'll see if uh, if that changes with his um, appearance in the portal but uh what position should we move to next vince
1: yeah that'd be great to bring him back to pa Uh, i think we should move on to safety who are some safeties i i haven't seen many names pop up who are some safeties that you think can make a big difference for penn state
0: yeah great question and i mean uh penn state uh at least from what i've seen hasn't offered a ton to safeties but there's plenty of them in the portal right now that are going to be worth penn state's time um The first one that I want to mention is a sophomore safety from Florida named Donovan McMillan. Similar to uh, the other players that we've mentioned, this guy is also from PA. He's from Cannonsburg. Uh, Penn State did offer him back in high school uh, before he ultimately committed and went to Florida. Uh, But right now, uh, at least, you know, as far as the transfer portal and the predictions go, he's being linked to West Virginia and Pittsburgh. Um, So I think Penn State is going to have a little bit of competition uh, trying to land his services. So we'll see how that goes. Um, other guys include Derek Allen, a redshirt freshman from Georgia Tech. Um, Penn State also offered him back in high school. He's a highly talented cornerback, had a ton of offers in high school, and um, other names, Sam McCall, freshman from Florida State. Um, I remember his name. You know, Penn State was super involved in his high school recruiting back in the day. Uh, Penn State did offer him his uh, primary recruiter was Jawan Sider. Uh, he's a Florida guy, and so Jaywan is the primary recruiter for pretty much any player out of Florida uh, for Penn State because of his uh, relationship to the area. So I think this would be an excellent second chance option for them. And then lastly, I want to mention Derek Davis Jr., the sophomore safety out of LSU. Now, I mean, we've seen what LSU has been capable of this season. They've had some up and down moments, but for the most part, they're a very talented team, very dangerous team. And uh, Penn State, much like all these names, uh, was in contention for his services um, in high school, but he ultimately committed to LSU. Um, What's really kind of telling about his recruitment to Penn State, though, is that he took like Over half a dozen visits to state college. Like he was on campus a lot. So he's uh, you know, gonna be somebody who's very familiar uh with campus, with the area, with the program, with the coaches. I mean, obviously his uh like his position coach uh would be Poindexter, who is an excellent recruiter in his own right. Um, and uh um also uh similar to some of these other guys. He's also from Monroeville, Pennsylvania. So he's a Pennsylvania guy. He's got all these ties. So it's be interesting to kind of see where, where the dominoes fall. Cause I mean, I think that a lot of like some teams are going to be waiting until the season wraps up to kind of heat things up in the transfer portal. But I know that uh, Franklin and crew are really hot on the trail already. And I think that's really what's going to make or break, uh, you know, teams that are going to be able to kind of snag these uh, highly touted. Um, recruits, you know, it's a kind of a strange thing to call them recruits again, but that's essentially what they are. But uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to see, um, you know, the potential out of this group.
1: Lots of competition, lots of PA guys. Uh, That's what I like to hear. Uh, Yep. What, what, what do you think about the possibility of the flow bros? So we got Uh, Jonathan flow, the Oregon safety who is looking to enter the transfer portal, not only mm -hmm. him, but his brother, uh, Justin Flo, who plays linebacker. How cool would it be to have the King brothers and the Flo brothers? Uh, kind of <laughs> kind of makes you think of uh, Jordan Stout and Blake Gillikin when they were here. Uh, That's, they had that, yeah. that poster in the student section. Uh, I, oh, I'm that sure would... that we haven't had two sets of brothers ever play college football together. Right. Well, actually, no, yeah. we do. We do because we had the Cliffords, but two on the same side of the defense probably hasn't happened.
0: Right. Yeah, I Uh, mean that 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 would be insane. Yeah,
1: two two linebackers and two defensive backs that are both brothers.
0: (laughs) That would, I mean, honestly, I think college football historians would have to dig really deep just to see if that's ever happened before. But yeah, no, that would that would be huge. Um, You know, uh, Justin Flo especially is a guy who, like, he could have gone to school anywhere. Uh, He's a five star guy um, out of California. Um, He had all the offers from. Uh, the biggest SEC players as well as the Big Ten players uh, ultimately decided to stick close to home in the Pac-12 and go to Oregon. Um, Penn State was you know, in the mix in his recruitment, but ultimately they didn't uh, establish a super strong relationship with him um, outside of maybe some... Um, like uh, written communication and stuff like that. But I don't think he ever uh, took an official visit to Penn state. Um, but you know, the appeal that Penn state possibly has for these guys is, you know, come in and say like, we have, we have playing opportunities for both of you, like right away. Like it, it, has your dream always been to play on the, on the field together? like, Boom! Right here, (laughs) like we got it. So, um, so I think that that's a that's kind of an an interesting uh, selling point for Penn State. Um, I do think with the fact that they're coming from California, I think uh, programs like USC are going to come for them pretty hard, uh, just because you know they have the selling point of like you know. We're a playoff contender right now. We have a Heisman Trophy winner coming back. We have a Boletnikov winner coming back. Like we have all these pieces coming back and, you know, we were, uh, one game away from making it. So I think that's uh, kind of an, in, that's a, that's a hard offer to turn down, but we'll, we'll see, um, you know, kind of how things fall. Cause I mean, I, I mean, every school is going to be coming after Justin flow, uh, But, you know, kind of continuing the train of the linebackers, however, we do have another guy that I think that Penn State does have a decent shot with, and that is Andre White, the senior linebacker from Texas A&M. This guy, uh, let me tell you about him, Vince. He's from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. He went to the same high school as Micah Parsons. Mm -hmm. He's... Probably as good as, uh, Abdul Carter and, uh, Curtis Jacobs. Um, didn't, I haven't seen a lot of his like film from Texas A&M, but like, this is the kind of caliber of guy that we're, um, talking about, uh, out of high school and Penn state was heavily in the mix for him out of high school. Um, it was really down to Penn state and Texas A&M. And ultimately he decided to go to the sec, but Vince, I mean, like if I, if I told you that we could have another guy on the team, that was like as good as Abdul and Curtis, like tell me you wouldn't take that in a heartbeat.
1: I absolutely would. And Harrisburg is a really good football program. They just beat uh state college in the state semifinals before that. they lost in the state championship. Uh, so really good football program. Uh, I think it'd be interesting to see if, Uh, Abdul Carter is willing to give up number 11 to uh, this Harrisburg kid to to get him to come (laughs) here. And that would be uh, interesting for sure. And maybe Abdul will take Jonathan Sutherland's number zero uh, since that's like a special uh, player that plays with toughness uh, tradition. So maybe they could make that work out and we could get him. And I know that uh, I'm sure Coach Franklin is worried about Texas A&M because they are definitely a big NIL school. Mm -hmm. So they've, they've gotten that up and running and that's, you know, part of the competition that's coming into the equation. It is not just the programs and the schools anymore and the coaches it's NIL NIL deals and money talks. And uh, while Penn State is definitely one of the better programs in NIL, there are some that are ahead and Texas A&M was one of them.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Um, however, did you see the news about the success with honor NIL collective?
1: Um, no, I didn't see that. What was that?
0: So this is a collective of individuals, like, uh, I guess I'll call them like financiers and contributors, donors, whatever you want to call them, of basically creating a pool of money. Um, that is like specifically, I don't know how the, like the fine print and the specifics work out with this, but specifically meant to kind of power NIL deals for Penn state football players. It's called Success with Honor, and uh, you know some of the leading players in this, or you know some of the some of the leaders of this collective include guys like Michael Motti. So you know guys who are just absolute legends of the program. And recently, they came out with uh, an uh, an interview with Sports Illustrated. They said verbatim, "We are ready to deliver the war chest that we believe will bring a championship to Penn State." So. Um, you know, obviously there's a ton of money down south, but sounds like we got some, some guys, uh, doing the, doing the dirty work to try and, uh, put us on an even playing field.
1: Well, when it's coming from Michael Motti, uh, a guy who gets injured and he gets his number on everyone's helmet at Penn state. When words come out of his mouth like that, you know, it means something. That's so right. This is a uh, really exciting news for Penn state. Uh, was Sean Clifford involved in this, uh, this deal?
0: I, I'm not sure. I mean, admittedly, I haven't, uh, read up on all of it. I've just kind of been kept up, uh, kept up to date by the headlines and obviously, uh, Maddie's name being mentioned kind of caught my eye. Um, but I mean, I think this is, this is like commonplace now with all the big programs. Like they're kind of all like, uh, kind of pulling their money, uh, to put themselves in, in like the best place possible for this next era of college football. Um, and so I think that's just, you know, Penn State's people kind of doing their due diligence with this as well. But, uh, you know, sounds like, you know, they're very confident in like what they've been able to achieve so far, um, what, it, what it'll what it mean for Penn State moving forward. And so who knows, maybe some of these transfer guys will uh, be the beneficiaries of it.
1: Uh, I think it's time we move on to wide receivers. Who are some guys we can see for my number one position on my big board
0: of w- for my wish list? Well, I mean, this is this is by far the biggest list for Penn State. Um, you know, Penn State um, already has been confirmed to be very active in the portal with reaching out to a bunch of different players. Um, you know, I don't want to um, spend too much time mentioning every name on that list. You know, I want to focus on uh, maybe at the top like five or six uh, because you know there's just that many at wide receiver. But this list really starts with Dante Cephas, the redshirt junior wide receiver out of Kent State. And, uh, you know, it's been reported that he is really at the top of the list for Penn State's wide receiver targets. Um, He's former high school teammates with current Nittany Lions, Daquan Hardy, and Tank Smith. So, already has a ton of familiarity with... uh, Guys who are already on the team. He's out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and he's been insanely productive. He has nearly um, 2,000 receiving yards over the past two seasons, um, a guy who has a ton of speed and just a ton of burst. So, a lot of programs kind of see him as a guy who can just come in and just immediately be a number one guy. So, you know, it's tailor made for what Penn State is going to be looking for. Um, out of a, uh, a portal receiver. Um, I have seen that he's uh, going to be taking some uh, official visits to other places to, you know, kind of just test the water, see what his options are, but um, that it's looking likely that Penn state should be able to land him, but uh, we'll see how that shakes out. But um, like we said, Penn state does have a lot of other options out there. Uh, one of them being Dante's teammate in the red shirt, sophomore receiver out of Kent state, Devantez Walker. Um, he's out of Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, but he has also recently received a Penn State offer as a, uh, as a transfer at wide receiver. Um, another very productive guy out of that offense. Uh, and so, you know, just uh, kind of seems like Kent State maybe had a nicer offense than a lot of people thought. So that's kind of cool for them. Uh, but some other names maybe from some, uh, you know, relatively larger programs. Um, we're going to move out west to Dante Thornton. Uh, the sophomore wide receiver out of Oregon. Now, this guy, it's interesting because he's a former Penn State commit uh, before he ended up at Oregon. Um, and so, uh, Penn State or James Franklin and crew have a ton of recruiting history with Thornton's family, uh, both with official visits to State College, but also in home visits. You know, they've had um, a ton of time together, so they're very familiar with each other. Um, and he's out of baltimore maryland as we've said before penn state has a very strong presence in maryland so you know the stars um you know do kind of align in a lot of different ways uh thornton is a guy though who is you know very highly touted so he's gonna you know have a ton of offers thrown his way so um it'll be interesting to see how the dominoes fall and you know how that affects penn state's uh Aggressiveness with going after guys like Thornton, um, and whether, you know, Thornton will, uh, look Penn State's way very much. Um, you know, he might just be looking for a completely fresh start elsewhere. It's hard to say. Um, another guy who kind of fits this, uh, mold is Caden Prathers, the sophomore receiver out of West Virginia. Um, you know, a lot of, like a lot of the guys that we've already mentioned, he has a ton of history with Penn State during his high school recruiting. Um, he was a top target, uh, for them. He's very familiar with the Penn State staff. Um, He's a guy who has recently entered the portal. Um, so Penn State isn't confirmed to have an offer thrown his way, but you know, it's likely that, you know, it's been in the works, maybe a uh, call has been thrown his way to kind of, you know, test the waters and uh, see what's going on. Um, right now on 3.com does project him to go to Ole Miss. So I'm not fully familiar with the uh, circumstances for, you know, why he would go to Ole Miss if he has, you know, some history with uh, like a position coach there or something. But um, so, you know, there's a lot of guys out there. And I mean, Vince, you even mentioned a couple of uh, names um, right before we uh, hit the record button. So what are some of the receiver names that are on uh, your radar?
1: Some that are mine are Jimmy Horn, Jr. South Florida. Uh, he's only 59 170 but he is a speed guy. He is, He's he's wicked fast. So he's he's a guy that can be in. I think would make a big difference. Uh, Dorian Singer out of Arizona. You got Rara Thomas, who's entered the portal. Uh, so a lot of different guys. There's also a, some speed with uh, Virginia wide receiver Carmelo Taylor. Uh, he's he has a lot of speed. Track guy. 5 uh, five nine in the hundred meter dash. Um, so that's really fast. Twenty-one, four, five, four five in the 200 so he, this guy has a lot of speed and i think speed guys are going to do really well with drowler just because he kind of has that christian hackenbart christian hackenberg cannon for an arm so i think that'll play off really well if we're able to get the play action game established so use that run and then do some play action and have some deep balls down the field and then also um Drew Aller is really good at moving in the pocket. So if uh, he needs to create a little more time for wide receivers to get open down the field, I think he has the
0: ability to do so at a high level. Great notes. And uh, I kind of um, have flashes of KJ Hamler in my head, you know, thinking about what a guy like him could do with, I mean, he he did great things with, uh, with Trace and with Sean, but, you know, thinking about him just streaking down the field with two steps uh, ahead of his defender uh, with just that pure speed, that's uh, that's rare stuff.
1: Yeah, and I feel like uh, track speed is is really special. And, you know, K.J. Hamler was one of those guys that had track speed. So the more of that you get on a football field, the better off your football team will be. Yeah, so uh, moving on, uh, we've covered the back seven. What, what about the uh, defensive line? What are some targets
0: that Penn State could hit there? So I'll say that this list is uh, is shorter on my end. Um, you know, I think it's it's tough to say exactly where Penn State's going to go here because it doesn't just have to be guys that. Penn State has history with that they might go after you know there could be a number of different um, avenues that Penn State will take I mean look at a guy like Arnold Ebicchetti I'm not sure how on Penn State's radar he was out of high school before he ended up going to Temple Uh, but you know just the situations kind of aligned there but there is a guy who was on Penn State's radar on the defensive line that is very important for us to cover and that's Elijah Judy out of, uh, Texas A&M, a freshman. Uh, he's originally from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, so it was really down to, uh, Penn state and Texas A&M, uh, very similar to Andre White for where Elijah was going to go to school. Um, he was projected as, you know, a very, very talented edge rusher. Um, and he, uh, you know, came, uh, he came into Texas A&M, put on a little bit of, uh, a little bit of bulk and so now because of his size he uh prospects more as an interior pass rusher um but you know again still has like the athleticism to play a little bit more on the edge if needed but i think what's you know interesting about kind of that uh that part of his development is that you know we just talked about um pj Mustafer, you know with him graduating we still have some studs on uh you know kind of the interior of the defensive line with uh because I Azard and uh, Devon Ellis and some other names, but uh, having a guy like him come in to provide a little bit of uh, rotation and depth and stuff like that, like that, that'd be huge. So he's uh, kind of the, the lone name on my list here, but I think it was an important one to cover.
1: Yeah. I think he's the most important, one of the most important guys that I want to see Penn state get because, and I think we have a better chance to get him because if you look at the corners, we got guys like, Johnny Dixon and Kalen King. And if you're a corner coming into the program from the outside, the the sales pitch is a lot harder because those two are probably going to be the starters. Uh, You know, they might have a chance with some competition, but you know, with the defensive line uh, at all, all levels of football, they look to rotate through and they like to run eight guys, most programs. So especially with how Penn state did in the last four weeks of the season, you know, your sales pitch to Elijah Judy is, is really easy. Uh, PJ Mustafer's is graduating. Um, we need guys. Doesn't matter if you're the best guy. We want to rotate bodies and keep everybody fresh. That way we're really attacking and going after the quarterback. So I think the sales pitch for the D line is a lot easier than some of those secondary
0: positions. Yeah, that, that is, uh, that is a good point. Yeah. Uh, so
1: we've talked a lot about defense and a uh, wide receiver uh, do you think Penn State will do anything at positions of strength, like uh, the offensive line? I know Olu Fashanu's coming back. We got Hunter Norzad coming back. Um, or running back, are they going to try to get guys behind Katron Allen and Nick Singleton? Or, you know, tight end, are they going to go after any of those positions?
0: Yeah, great question. So I think we can start at the offensive line. And, uh, you know, that's because Penn State has been Um, a little bit active in the portal with some offensive tackles, uh, notably a Johnny Cornelius sophomore tackle out of Rhode Island and Jeremiah Byers, the redshirt sophomore tackle out of UTEP. So, you know, both of these guys, uh, they've got a lot of offers to go to different places. Um, They're both taking visits at different spots. So, you know, it's looking unlikely that Penn state, um, may land either one of them Um, you know and that could be just because uh, Penn State does have some some decent offensive line depth right now so these guys might be looking for some immediate playing time um, starting for uh, you know big time power five program so hard you know don't want to speculate too much on stuff like that but uh you know unclear how penn state kind of fits into the mix with these guys but there are a couple of names out there in the portal right now that uh, might be interesting for penn state to also look at um two names here first is jakai green a sophomore out of maryland um he's originally from baltimore so as we said a strong recruiting pipeline out of maryland um you know he's Very familiar uh, just with Big Ten play, you know, being around the programs as he has been. Um, He was uh, recruited a bit by Penn State out of high school, so he'd be at least a little familiar with the program and things like that. Another name that's uh, kind of a reach, but I wanted to include him here uh, just because just for the fun of it is Miles Hinton, the uh, the sophomore offensive lineman from Stanford. Um, And I kind of say that he's a reach for Penn State because uh, PSU didn't originally recruit him out of high school. Um, He was offered by, you know, all the big time SEC schools and also the likes of Ohio State and Michigan um, ultimately decided to uh, go to Stanford. And uh, he kind of uh, the way and what's interesting about the portal and the way that these players are evaluated by some of these sites is that they give a rating for when they came out of high school and then they give another rating for when they're going into the portal. There's only a handful of guys who have significantly improved their rating from high school to the portal and this guy is one of them. So, um, he's uh he's somebody who, you know, may look to go to a school like uh, like Georgia uh, because he is originally from Norcross, Georgia, so it's uh you know, be kind of makes sense for him if he wants to go back home, play for his 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 home state's like premier program stuff like that, play for a national championship, all the likes and you know all that stuff so i think it'd be kind of a reach for penn state to you know put them in contention for miles but uh just an interesting and fun name to throw out there nonetheless yeah can you imagine having him uh on the opposite end
1: of olu fashanu well
0: that's what i'm saying man yeah i mean it's like like we like we're set at the left tackle spot and we even have like the backup set there (laughs) like it's (laughs) but it's the right tackle where you know there's uh there's a lot of wiggle room so you know it's not it's not impossible it's what i'll say that's great. Uh,
1: you know, Kevon Lee ha- hasn't entered yet, so I-, I do think the running back position would be tough because you got three studs right there. Yep, uh, with him, him staying still. Uh, you know, tight ends. Uh, we'll find out if there's any news. Uh, if Brenton Strange will declare for the NFL Draft or not uh, after the Rose Bowl. You know, Theo Johnson and you know Tyler Warren are are both crushing it, so it would be pretty unlikely. Uh, what are the chances? you think if they're able to get a, a backup quarterback or maybe a um special teams guy like a punter or uh maybe a kicker if jake pinneger doesn't come back next year
0: yeah i think that they have a decent shot of getting a kicker or a punter i don't have a, a specific name on hand uh but you know i just think that you know penn state is a program right now that has the juice to uh get specialists um where from wherever they're transferring from i mean you'll get a guy uh like Jordan Stout, who came from Virginia Tech, uh, didn't get the starting kicking job, came and immediately broke uh, a field goal length record, like stuff like that. So I don't think Penn State is going to have too much trouble finding a guy or two like that. Um, you know, I think I, I agree with you at the tight end spot. I think that Penn State, Penn State's probably going to be focusing its efforts uh, – elsewhere in the transfer portal, just because I think they really like what they have in uh, the core that they have right now, even if Brenton Strange were to exit for the NFL. I mean, you know, with uh, with Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren, obviously anchoring the position group, but they also have some uh, some really young talent that they like, uh, like Khalil Dinkins and Jerry Cross. And they also have another uh, tight end coming in whose name is escaping me. It's a uh, it mega Barnwell? Uh yes, he's coming in. Um, but they also have some other tight end talent coming in, in the likes of uh, Andrew Rappelier, which uh, you know he's absolutely going to be a star because his name is Andrew. Uh, so,
1: you know. <laughs> I was going to say how could you that name.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. But no, yeah. uh he's he's a really uh, highly touted guy. He's uh, he's a four star out of Milton uh massachusetts so you know he's uh gonna come in um might see some some good early playing time but like so what i'm saying is i think that penn state's probably gonna be um you know focusing its efforts in the portal to the uh position groups where they don't feel as um as strong and you know i think that what's fortunate for penn state is that on a lot of in a lot of positions on the offensive side they do feel that way uh so they can uh, kind of you know, not necessarily rest on their laurels, but be confident in the talent that they have in the room. Um, that being said, I do have a couple names here for running back, which I think are uh, interesting or at least fun to throw out here. Uh, the first of which being, and this is definitely going to be another kind of like reach, like wish list, like it would be crazy if this happened type of scenario, is uh, Marshawn Lloyd, the redshirt sophomore running back out of South, uh, excuse me, South Carolina. Um, this is a guy who is a very highly touted player, uh, coming out of high school. Um, obviously ended up in sec country at South Carolina. Um, he had a number of sec schools offer him out of high school. It's really expected that, uh, the same schools and even a larger pool are going to vie for him now that he's in the portal. Um, but what's interesting though, is that he, was recruited by Penn State, and he was recruited by J1 Sider. And we know Sider to be a very effective recruiter, especially of running backs, especially of running backs um, coming out of the southern United States. So, you know, I I think that it's a very, very, very slim chance that Penn State uh, can uh, land the services of Marshawn, but um, would be interesting nonetheless just to see how that might develop. But a name that I actually think uh, might be a possibility is um, Isaac Gurando, the redshirt senior running back out of Wisconsin and the reason why I mentioned his name is because I could see him filling kind of that John Jonathan Lovett role as like a senior guy coming into a room with uh, younger running backs like a guy who um, has been uh, productive in his former team but is just looking for um, kind of a change of scenery now th- what's interesting is that this guy originally joined the Badgers as a wide receiver converted to running back and then you know as part of the rotation of running backs out of wisconsin he's not a guy who saw a ton of touches uh just with some of the talent that they already had in that group but he was really efficient with uh, the opportunities that he got he rushed for more than six yards per carry uh this past season so you know he's not a guy who's gonna light up the stat sheet and stuff like that but he's gonna he's you know, he's proven to be a guy who's going to get you that positive, positive yardage. He's going to get the job done. And I think that he might be um, a nice foil for um, the young explosive talent that's already in the room. So what are your thoughts there?
1: Yeah, that'd be great to to have guys behind uh, Nick Singleton and Ron Allen. Uh, if they're uh, better, that would really surprise me. I, I don't think it's going to be a boost, but like we discussed earlier injuries, the injury rates, hundred percent in football. So having guys, uh, you know, in depth, should someone go down or, you know, something crazy happens. Uh, we, we saw like, J- uh, journey Brown had, um, an issue with his heart or something and then couldn't play football and, you know, Noah Kane we've seen get injured and see how that's hampered his career. So, you know, a lot of things can happen on a football field. So depth is really imperative and it's important to get as many good guys in as you can.
0: Yep. Absolutely.
1: All right. Now, a question I have for you. Um, a lot of the guys that I've been looking at have also had offers from Colorado, which recently hired Deion Sanders as their head football coach. Uh, how much of a threat do you think Deion Sanders and Colorado is to Penn State in this uh, transfer portal period?
0: Oh, it's they're an enormous threat. And not only to Penn State, but for every team across the country. I mean, um, I heard this quote said somewhere, I forget uh where it came from but they said that half of college football is a talent acquisition business and nobody has uh done that business better than Deion sanders like we want to talk about the level of talent that he was able to bring to jackson state um and play for him there like now he has a power five school with you know power five facilities and backing and donors and stuff like that like I mean the guy the guy is no pun intended literally just primed to become a major fixture in uh in college football and in like recruiting because um you know it, all these kids they want to they want to be coached by coach prime man uh, he's just a guy who has just just absolute just absolutely exudes swag he's a guy who has excelled at football at the highest level so you know it's like who wouldn't want to learn from him especially if you're um you know like a like a defensive player like a like a cornerback or a safety i mean like how you you just can't replicate that so i think the fact that dion has been so successful at jackson state um coming into colorado and the fact that there are already um transfers declaring uh to go to colorado it it's only going to grow from here. So I think that, you know, Colorado is going to be a constant fixture uh, for um, schools that these transfer portal guys are going to be looking at. And it's not just limited to Penn state, like even like the Alabamas, the Georgias and the Ohio state to the world are going to have to deal with this.
1: Yeah. And I think it's going to be really difficult at the defensive back position too, because, you know, prime is one of the best defensive backs of all time in the NFL. And I'm sure a lot of those kids have seen some of his highlights and, know what he's doing at Jackson State, so I think this will be a, a huge threat, especially at, at the defensive back position.
0: And you know what's kind of interesting about his, like, kind of his legacy in in football is that, like, he I, he was just before like our time of watching football. So you know it's like the, these these uh these kids who are coming out of high school like it's like their dads who would have remembered uh prime time you know what i mean like it, mm-hmm. it's it's an interesting dynamic uh because they would like they would know who he is and like know that like you know this is a guy who's just crushed it in all levels of football but it's like their parents who would have seen him live and like doing the crazy things with the atlanta falcons and being a double sport athlete and stuff like that i mean they're the ones who would have seen it live but you know now it's kind of in in like a youtube generation where it's like if they want to see it they got to like research for it but then once they see it their minds are just blown.
1: Yeah, he, he's one of the most incredible athletes just of all time that I've ever seen. So um yeah, Colorado they they made a really good hire and like you said half of college football is getting talent there. And if you can do that, you're you're primed to you know have a lot of success in in college football. So I think that I'm hoping that Franklin has enough swag that he's able to <laughs> win a lot of those battles because he can say, Hey, we're already 10 and two. So especially like those older guys that are like redshirt seniors or juniors, you know, coach Franklin can pitch. Hey, we're really close. And Colorado is very far away.
0: I mean that, yeah, that, that is true. And you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how like the proximity um, of the you know, the, the school and the campus and stuff from their hometown kind of plays a part in this because we know that, you know, there, there's like major hotbeds of high school football talent that exists like in the Northeast, in the Southeast, and then out on the West coast. And then in the middle, it's like, you know, you're obviously going to find a bunch of talented guys, but it's concentrated in certain areas. So, you know, that might be something that, um, that Dion has to kind of work with. But, you know, like, like I said, I mean, he, he was able to snag Travis Hunter from Florida state, um, uh, you know, the, being the number two recruit in the country to come, come to Jackson, Mississippi. So I don't think that there's a, uh, there's a pitch that's, uh, too tough for him.
1: Yeah. And he, he's a charismatic guy, so, uh, he'll be able to connect with the, he's also still pretty young. So he's able right. to connect with the the youth and whatnot and he's uh cool and hip still so
0: do you remember Uh, do you remember when uh oh gosh i i'm gonna forget his name uh when the one um penn state safety came out of the uh came out for the draft after the uh like the 2017 season and and he was like man he can run run (laughs)
1: yeah do you remember uh, that Oh yeah, Troy Apke. It was Troy yeah, Apke.
0: yeah, it was Troy Apke. He just he yeah. burned the forty. And he was he ran like a four two, and, he, and like yeah. Dion's mind was blown.
1: Yeah, Dion Dion Sanders is like, I didn't know a white guy could run that fast.
0: <laughs> You're right. Yeah, that's he, what he like, said. <laughs> right. Yeah, he dapped him up afterwards. He's like, he can run, run. <laughs> yeah, great, great stuff. So I mean, yeah, he's, yeah, he's a, he's a character in of an, in of himself. So I mean, it'll, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this. Uh, I mean, just literally um without being too uh profound, like how it changes college football.
1: Yeah, he's uh definitely gonna be one of the fun characters uh to watch throughout uh you know college football and and everything. Uh however we we did lose a character. Uh Mississippi State head coach uh Mike Leach uh did pass away. So you know we wanna, you know, pass our condolences along to uh you know his family and friends and the the Mississippi State program. Uh you know definitely a tough loss and he was one of the more, you know, fun coaches to watch, just with you know all of his responses and witty sayings and and whatnot. So,
0: yeah, I mean, just uh, just rest in peace. It's uh, a big loss for college football. Um, you know, just for a guy that was always entertaining to see with his, uh, post game press conferences and just all of his media appearances, but also, you know, he's just gonna leave a lasting impact as a, as a coach, because, you know, he's just the guy who really took the air raid offense with Texas tech and just made it work to a degree that hadn't been seen before. Um, you know, so we, you want to talk about like, uh, um, Michael Crabtree and uh, those Texas Tech Raiders uh, back in, like, the, um, the uh, I guess I'll call them, like, the mid to late 2000s. I mean, that was some insane offensive production. So, you know, that really kind of... Sp- uh, spawned from his mind. And so it's, uh, I think he's leaving a lasting impact there. And also, you know, he has a impressive coaching tree. Um, uh, you have guys like Lincoln Riley who got their start under Mike Leach. Um, so, you know, I think his, uh, his, his legacy is going to be, um, is going to be widespread and lasting.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. So I think you're going to see a lot of things, uh, you know, with, uh, Mississippi state and Washington state and, and Texas tech, I think you'll, you know, see some, uh, tributes to him uh you know not only in the bowl games but uh next football season
0: yep definitely yeah
1: so moving on to uh some better news uh penn state got a couple three-star defensive end commits uh we got joseph mpuyai and deep out of connecticut and we got defensive end mason robinson and we flipped him from northwestern uh how much do you think northwestern's Football season this year, finishing eleven, contributed to that. And also, do you think that um, our buddies at Texas A&M, Elijah Judy and um, Arnold White, was he the linebacker?
0: Uh, yeah, it's uh, Andre White.
1: Oh, Andre White. Um, so do you think that those two guys maybe went to, to their – and they, because Penn State had that COVID year where they didn't do well and then, you know, didn't finish the season strong last year. Do you think that they're maybe saying, hey, we made the right choice? We should come back to PA? And do you think that impacted Mason Robinson to flip from Northwestern to Penn State?
0: Well, you know, I mean, success is never a bad thing for recruiting. Like, you know, we saw a huge boost in recruiting after Penn State won. The Big Ten in 2016. So, you know, it's just like success is going to be get success. And part of that success is getting recruits. And uh, so, you know, the fact that Penn State has had a particularly strong season um, when comparing it to like 2020 and 2021, that definitely doesn't hurt. Um, I think that uh yes, you know, the one in 11 season for Northwestern was definitely a contributing factor. I think that Penn State showing what it was willing to do um, as far as its exotic blitz packages for defensive linemen is a huge draw uh, for guys like Mason, uh, because, you know, so often these guys are, are looking to be like uber productive in college so that they're going to be drafted highly uh, for the NFL. Um, And another kind of interesting thing uh, for Mason Davis, it's Davis, right? Uh, mason robinson mason robinson yeah so an interesting thing for mason robinson is that he's former um high school teammates with guys like curtis jacobs um i believe damon ellies and pj Mustafer out of mcdonough in maryland so you know similar to some of the guys that we just talked about with the transfer portal it's um sometimes about like the familiarity with uh, the guys that you've already played football with and he um in a video that was released at like literally just like a day ago, he recounted um, a visit that he took to Penn State where he said, you know, he watched them practice. He saw that it was awesome that like uh, guys that he was on the field with, back in high school, were, you know, being successful, kind of showing off their work ethic and showing that they could be successful um, at the next level. And he said to himself, like, you know, I could do that too. Like, I have a similar work ethic. I seen the opportunities that they get here. So I could see myself here. So I think all of those different factors combined really kind of made a a strong um, appeal for a guy like him. So, you know, um, uh, do I think that the uh, season results hurt? uh, Northwestern, like probably. Um, but I think there were some other factors that play it at well as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think he's a great addition too. if he, if he's looking, was looking at Northwestern, uh, definitely shows that that kid is, you know, into his academics and doing well in the classroom as well. So, you know, I think he will be a disciplined and a really hard worker and I look forward to seeing him in the blue and the white. That's right. All right. So we, we covered a lot today. Anything else you think we need to
0: cover before we head out? Just in the theme of recruiting, um, obviously this uh, this class is not complete yet. Penn State is uh, going to look to still be. Um, you know, pretty aggressive with trying to get guys uh, either who are still uncommitted or going to try and flip some players who are committed elsewhere. Uh, You know, Penn State and James Franklin have said that they want to be very aggressive in recruiting after they had a down year. I believe it was uh, in 2020, you know, they kind of didn't hit the marks where they wanted to. They kind of fell into the mid-teens as far as uh, recruiting rankings. And then they almost immediately brought it back up into the top 10. So I think, you know, recruiting uh, both high school players as well as uh, transfer portal guys is going to be a huge priority for them as well lo- uh, alongside the Rose Bowl prep. So I think uh, we're going to be talking about news like this still for, uh, for a couple months yet.
1: Yeah. So, you know, these battles will determine the big 10
0: champion. Yeah. 100%. I mean, it, you never know when you're going to get yourself a Justin Fields. Yep. So, Hey
1: guys, stay tuned in this off season. Do not go off the air and not listen to the Nittany blues podcast. You know, in the offseason, this stuff matters. And, you know, you'll have the inside scoop to see Penn State potentially, you know, build a Big Ten championship football team.
0: And not only that, uh, we have ongoing basketball coverage uh, led by the ultra talented and detail oriented Vince Vidali, uh, Vince, I'm going to sing your praises here. Um, you know, Vince has done, uh, an excellent job, uh, you know, keeping uh, track of the Penn state basketball performances so far, providing a detailed breakdown of all of those. And so, uh, can't thank you enough Vince for, uh, kind of, uh, paving the way as it were with, uh, Penn state basketball. So you're a real champ.
1: Yeah. And it's something that I feel like needs to be done because this Penn state basketball team, they will be in the big 10 tournament this year. Yeah. Sorry, not the Big Ten, the uh, NCAA. <laughs> They're guaranteed wow. to go to the Big Ten yeah. tournament.
0: <laughs> Man, Vince, uh, what a, what a bold take that is! Going to go to the
1: Big Ten. Hot, hot, hot take.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, great stuff. So the last thing I want to uh, leave with is uh, we still have merch on sale. So um, unfortunately, we have crossed the threshold where delivery for the holidays is not guaranteed, uh, just because of. Um, uh, time of fulfillment and with shipping, uh, things are a little clogged up with, uh, people shopping for the holidays. However, if you're still looking to buy a shirt to wear for, you know, possibly, uh, like the Rose Bowl or during the new year, you can, uh, get your shirt at nittanyblues.com slash shop. And we have a 10% discount code going if you use, uh, welcome 10 or I'm sorry, if you use holiday 10, So get 10% off your merch order. We got some awesome shirts and hoodies and hats and mugs. So everything that you'll need to go into 2023 with style.
1: Yeah. And we give you guys 10% off because we love you. Thank you for listening. Uh, If you would like to support the pod, please tell your friends, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you enjoy the show, please leave a five-star review so that other Nittany Lion fans like you can find us interested in new episodes. You can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or other streaming platforms to be notified. Thank you for listening, and we want to remind you that we are The Nittany Blues Podcast. See you next time.